0: It's Tuesday, July 13th, 2010, and you've got Oz in your ears. This is Dave. And this is Pete. And we're on the road for Radio Free Oz on Bob, the 57-foot yacht with its captain, BP CEO, Horny Wayward, uh, uh, Tony Hayward at the helm. Welcome aboard, boys. And with him is Mississippi Governor Haley Barber. What a beautiful day for sailing the sea like moose. Uh,
1: Where are you uh, headed there uh, now, Tony? Well, I'm sailing around the world to offer my glad hand to all these sheikhs and sheikhs and Russians and Greeks who've partnered with BP.
0: (laughs) Watch it, it's those damn birds
1: again. Albatrosses keep falling out of the oil rain and landing around my neck. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to sail out of here away from all the, the dead birds and the crowds of people suffering from unemployment. It's a it's a disease, isn't it? More like an epidemic. Uh, we don't seem to be making much headway, Tony. Well, I could usually get through the gulf in a day, but uh, not in these heavy seas. Oh, that six-foot-thick oil scum is, is bloody hard to cut through. <laughs>
0: That's no scum, Tony. What? Huh? What reminds me of the slick sheen from a criss-craft rafting by pulling a good-looking girl and a well-built guy.
1: Hmm, I don't think the scum is your biggest problem, Tony. I think
0: mm, that is... Uh, oh. Mother of pearl! It's the whitening wheel! The biggest super skimmer in the world! Look at those booms! Oh. They must be a thousand feet long and stuffed with salon poodle hair and gaga wig! Oh, it's heading right, it is, and it's pushing a vast
1: slew of this. Just- Just Let Pete and me off right here at Gas War Island, okay? Uh, well, thanks, fellas. Good luck with the whitening whale. No worries, lads. I've never met an oil disaster as slick as me.
0: This is Peter Bergman and David Osman, completely at sea for Radio Free Oz, hoping that all's well with this oil well. Uh, where do we go to get a drink, Pete? Where's the helicopter, Ho, ho, ho. Oz in your ears. Radio Free Oz. Up on RadioFreeOz.com. I'm your host, Peter Bergman. Here's our co-host, David Oz. Hey,
1: Pete, how long has that gusher down there in the Gulf been gushing now? Maybe 55, 60 days, something Maybe like that? Maybe even
0: longer. Well, you know, the, the advent of Daily Oz, which was Earth Day, the 22nd, yeah. and the advent of the gush are pretty close. So we're coming fairly close on to three months soon. Yeah. Boy, oh that's my. That's a
1: that's a that's a slick that's that, more than a... like. Well they stopped calling it a a spill?
0: They I'm did. What see. are they calling it now? A tragedy, a disaster, a, a tragedy, disaster, a a tragedy, disaster. A whatever you know. Yeah, you know, a catastrophe, a catastrophe. Yeah, the oil catastrophe. It's not just a spill. I mean, you just didn't spill your tea on the on on the reference frock. I mean, you catastrophize the poor guy. <laughs> hey, Spilling your cup of tea on the
1: pastor's uh, rug, you know, <laughs> uh, is yes, uh, it's sort of equivalent, right? <laughs> yeah, it kind of is just as bad to. Spill your whole oil well all over our...
0: Gulf, it's It's terrible. And and people, it's it's not that it's become old news. No, no. But it's becoming this sort of dark, deep, uh, noir background to everything. You might have a happy thought, then remember, oh, my God, as I was having that happy thought, 1,300 gallons of crude spewed into the Gulf of Mexico. Well, think how you'd feel if you were down there drilling the
1: relief well. I mean, right sort of at the head of it, you know. Trying to go this way and that and following your azimuth and being poked and says, I'm going to find that. It's only it's, what, it's two feet wide. I'm going to find it down there 10 miles below the surface of the moon. We'll hey, get it.
0: Hey, BP has their azimuth on the line. <laughs> CNN tells us that the experts expected home sales to drop once the home buyer tax credit lapsed at the end of April. But the depth of the decrease was shocking. According to the National Association of Realtors, pending home sales fell by a whopping 30% in May. Their index, which measures signed sales contracts, plunged to 776 from 110.9% in April. It's even off 15.9% from a year ago when the nation was barely emerging from the recession. Were we really emerging from the recession? I hadn't noticed. The pending home sales report is a disaster, says Mike Larson, a real estate analysis for Weiss Research. Sales fell off a cliff after the tax credit expired. Yeah, and remember… It was 41 cold-hearted senators just nixed an extension of that tax credit, along with abandoning a million and a half unemployed. They left town for their 4th of July parties and left the unemployed to kind of figure it out on their own. Hard-hearted sons of bitches. It's the biggest monthly decline... This is housing contracts ever, and the index is at its lowest level since NAR began tracking it in 2001. Lawrence Yun, NAR's chief economist, downplayed the damage a bit. He said, if jobs come back as expected, yeah, as expected, thanks there, Larry, the pace of home sales should pick up later this year, and such a sustainable level of activity, given very favorable affordable conditions, could happen. Hey, who's this guy's medical marijuana dealer? I'd like some of that rosy glasses weed for all those dark moods this structurally shattered economy has been inducing in me. Well, we're not creating jobs, continued Mike Larson. Remember, he's the housing analyst. The housing problems now are being driven by broad economic problems. The question is when or if the job market will ever bounce back. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Hey, oh, Mister Bergman, Mister Bergman, I I just I
1: don't have no time to to spend here. Sheriff Axe handle for you, in case your listeners don't know who I am, I got oh, they a, know who you are. I sir. got to rush down to the Clinton Ferry Terminal. A man a man said he lost his thirty eight caliber pistol. Uh, down there and uh, so far they ain't found uh, the weapon anyplace in the terminal and a man did have a license for that concealed weapon of his so I gotta go down there but let me just tell you about a couple of curiosities we've had here oh my goodness a man in a boat out there in Deer Lake this was last Saturday uh, right in the evening time he, he was yelling lots of obscenities and the caller said it had been going on for a couple of hours that would mean he started about 3 45 and it was then 5 for, that's a long time to yell curses at anybody. I'll you know what it means? Fish that? weren't biting. Fish weren't biting. Well, I got to go. Oh, yes, and the caller, that was Sunday, a caller on Nautilus Road returned home to find the door unlocked and his TV on. Uh, that woman who called in thought someone was hiding in the house, but I went out there and I didn't find nothing there at all. I got to go take care of this guy at the t- uh, ferry terminal. Anybody who loses thirty-eight revolver, I don't care whether he's got a license or not.
0: Naomi Klein writes from Ontario, Canada in the Huffington Post. She says, my city feels like a crime scene and the criminals are all melting into the night, fleeing the scene. No, I'm not talking about the kids in black who smashed windows and burned cop cars. I'm talking about the heads of state who just smashed social safety nets and burned good jobs in the middle of a recession. Faced with the effects of a crisis created by the world's wealthiest and most privileged strata, they decided to stick the poorest and most vulnerable people in their countries with the bill. How else can we interpret the G20's final communique, which includes not even a measly tax on banks or financial transactions, yet instructs governments to slash their deficits in half by 2013? This is a huge and shocking cut, and we should be very clear who will pay the price. Students who will see their public educations further deteriorate as their fees go up, pensioners who will lose hard-earned benefits, public sector workers whose jobs will be eliminated, And the list goes on. These types of cuts have already begun in many G20 countries, including Canada, and they are about to get a lot worse. For instance, reducing the projected 2010 deficit in the U.S. by half in the absence of sizable tax increases would mean a whopping $780 billion cut. Of course, it's anathema to raise taxes in America, even though Warren Buffett and Bill Gates stand up and said, tax me, baby, tax me. Well. This is happening for a simple reason. When the G20 met in London in 2009 at the height of the financial crisis, personally, I think we're still there, the leaders failed to band together to regulate the financial sector so that this type of crisis would never happen again. All we got was empty rhetoric and an agreement to put trillions of dollars in public monies on the table to shore up the banks around the world. Yeah, we can save the banks, just don't save the people. Meanwhile, The U.S. government did little to keep people in their homes and jobs, so in addition to hemorrhaging public money to save the banks, the tax base collapsed, creating an entirely predictable debt and deficit crisis. Yes, we are in a crisis. You can see it as an economic crisis, which it is, but it's basically a spiritual crisis. We are suffering from zero-sum thinking. Hey, I give some of mine to him. It's going to be less for me, not more for everybody, because if we pump-prime the economy, we'll create capital, we'll create jobs. No, no, no. It's all about me and not about you. I'll tell you what we ought to do. We ought to start by going out to the Hamptons there, you know, upside uh, Long Island, and barging in on some of them hedge fund parties, and just literally robbing the money from those sons of guns who are busy copulating with anorexic models. No, it's time we take that money and put it in to the public coffer. It's time the common people became interested in the commonwealth.